Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited about a new episode of our podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Coach Josh Niblett. He's the head football coach at Hoover High School in Hoover, Alabama, the Birmingham area. Just a storied program, but more than that, just an incredible man of God, husband, and dad. I can't wait for you to hear from him, his passion for Jesus, his passion for the platform of sports. So let's jump right into it. Thanks for joining me today, Coach. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to to our discussion today. You bet. So I'd like to start this out uh, just with some background information. A lot of listeners may not be familiar with who you are and your story. So just, you know, give us a little snapshot of a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, your family growing up, and then your family today. Well, anytime you're the son of a football coach, I mean, it's kind of like being in the son of a military. Um, And, you know, I've moved – Numerous times, I went to numerous different schools growing up, and my dad was a high school football coach and administrator for over 30 years. And, uh, you know, I was a gym rat, so I was kind of one of those guys Guys growing up, there there was a ball. I mean, we'll figure out a way to entertain ourselves. And so it was always about, you know, watching ball growing up, you know, as a ball boy and watching my, guy, watching my dad's guys, you know, play and practice and us practice with them when we we're age four and five and – you know, I just – I've always been around sports, and sports has always been important to me. Um, and, you know, for me, I knew what I wanted to do. I mean, I, I played college football at the University of Alabama. I played at Southern Miss. I transferred to Alabama, played there four years. and But I knew when I got done that, you know, this is what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to coach. I went into coaching college football for three years. Um, and then some things presented themselves to where, uh, you know – we our coach made a decision and we we all of a sudden our head coach resigned and you know we're all sitting there thinking man what am I going to do and I became a head high school football coach in 2000 and that's what I've been doing for the last uh 20 something years and so I've been blessed and been fortunate it's a ministry for me um and it's a family deal for me and so my brother's on staff with me here and his son's on staff also and you know, my boys have played for me, and so I still got one playing for me right now. And so I just enjoy that part because I got to experience that with my dad. And if you've never got to experience playing for your dad, I mean, it's good sometimes. I mean, it's bad sometimes too. Yeah. Uh, but I think I'll take the good with the bad for sure. But that's a little bit about who I am and um, and what I've been able to to get to do. Absolutely. So, you know, you mentioned growing up the the son of a coach and and moving around a lot. So talk about your family from a faith perspective. Was it, Did you grow up in a family of faith? And at what point did you realize that you needed that personal relationship with Jesus? Well, I think the biggest thing was is growing up. I mean, you know, God was always in our house. Um, you know, my parents, I mean, there were certain things that they really believed in um, that they thought would support, you know, what we believe in. Um, you know, my my dad grew up, his, his dad was an alcoholic first 10 years of his life. And so my dad vowed there'd never be alcohol in our house and there wasn't. So that helped be able to support, you know, what we believed in and kept us concentrating on the things that were important. Um, my dad's a big disciplinarian. Um, you know, he was one of those guys where when he said, be home at 1030, you were home at 1030 or you were home before it and you didn't play around with that. And so I learned from an early age that discipline is the key to being successful in life. Um, and, you know, we were in church on Sundays and my mom, you know, very, very faith based woman. Um, I mean, she she raised us, uh, 
along with my dad, uh, with us understanding that most important thing we could do in life was is we wake up every day is is serving God and then and learning how to make an impact and helping others. And you know, that's kind of the way I grew up. And then then I think it became a part to where I think when you're young, you depend on your family to give you your faith. And then you depend on your family to take you to church, depend on your family to make sure you're on Wednesday night youth. Um, mm-hmm. But then when you get older, you got decisions to make. And when I got out of high school, even before when I got out of high school, when I got to college, it was time to make a decision. And it was, you know, decide whether was I going to do this full time or was I going to do this part time as far as was I going to serve God in a, in a manner that would be pleasing to him and to glorify him. And so, you know, I made that decision and, you know, I came to know Christ as my personal savior. And, and then from that point on, it was all about trying to make an impact in other people's lives, no matter what my circumstances were, but it was trying to make it, make that choice. That's awesome. I love that. Um, and we'll get back to faith in a minute. I want to go back to your, uh, you, you said he played at the University of Alabama, which for those outside of the state of Alabama may not understand how much of a big deal that is. So talk about oh, they playing. Oh, they understand how big of a deal it is. They they, still, they understand. <laughs> <laughs> talk about playing in a place like Alabama, you know, and then, you know, maybe experiencing the Iron Bowl. Well, I was very fortunate to be a part of the 92 national championship team. And so, you know, to be a part of a national championship, it seems like right now they just win them like it's, I mean, like it's, nothing you know um but we won it in 92 you know we upset Miami and that was a huge deal uh and then you know we actually the next year um probably didn't have the greatest of years then the next year we probably should have won another national championship we got beat by Florida in the uh in the SEC Mm. championship game and um and so you know I had a great career um you know I was a guy that fought tooth and nail I walked on um you know, there was 55 guys that walked on when I first got there. There was only a small handful of us left um, when we graduated. And, you know, I, I earned my way to going from playing quarterback at Southern Miss and then walking on campus playing quarterback at Alabama to finishing up playing tight end and fullback. And so, to me, it was all about contributing. It was all all about how could I help uh, the University of Alabama. And so, you know, the Iron Bowl, you ask about that. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like it. You know, I tell people all the time, that was a huge rivalry, but the Tennessee rivalry when I was in school mm. was real big. Um, you know, when you walked in a facility and Rocky Top was playing, you knew it was a different week. I mean, we didn't play Auburn's fight song when you walked in. Um, mm. You know, when guys had tees on their helmets and, you know, just trying to give you every sense of understanding the multitude of how big that game was. Um, and then – you know, Auburn was always big because it was in state. You knew the guys over there. Um, you know, you grew up either playing against them or you grew up knowing about them and recruiting. Um, and then it was about who's going to have bragging rights for 365 days, and that meant something to us for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. That's Yeah, I remember the 92 team for sure. Um, you know, and you got to play for quite, quite a man and, and Coach Stallings. And so talk about – you know, maybe a, one or two takeaways of how maybe Coach Stallings shaped the coach you are today. Well, I think one thing is he always had structure. Um, you always knew where he stood. I mean, he was always brutally honest with you, good or bad. You know, <laughs> you were going to start every day with a team meeting. You were going to make sure he was going to give you his thoughts of the day to help you become a better man. It had nothing to do with football. And I want to make sure that I do that for my players day in and day out. And so we start every day with a team meeting. We start every day with some kind of word of wisdom that can help us grow to be better men. And he was big into that. Um, and I think, you know, everybody used to say like, 
you know, we used to run the ball for three downs and then punt it on fourth down, you know. Um, but for us, I think Coach Stallings always said that, you know, if we're going to win championships, you got to play really good on in November. You got to play really good defense. You got to be able to run the football. And so for me, I mean, we throw the ball around. We do a lot of different things, but we got to win the run totals and we got to be physical and, and we got to cover kicks. And if we can do that in those phases, then we're going to allow ourselves a chance in the end to be where we want to be. And I've always taken that away from Coach Stallings, just that that physicalness about understanding the importance of blocking and tackling. And we work that every day in practice. Hmm. That's awesome. So talk about, I mean, you're the head football coach at Hoover and, you know, which is a big deal there in, in Alabama and even actually outside of Alabama, because you've played um, teams from all over, uh, all over the country. So talk about the, being the coach at a place like Hoover, but maybe from the culture standpoint, what is, what's the culture that you developed that's, that's, that's brought so much success? Well, I think when I first got here in 2008, I had a way in which I felt like, you know, some core values that I wanted to make sure were in our program and, and were what we believed in, whether it was on the field or off. Like, I don't think you flip the switch on and you're somebody different off the field mm. than you are somebody on the field as far as what you believe in. You know, the no talent things, do we do those things well? You know, are we trying to make an impact on somebody else or is it just about me? Um, mm. And then are we creating leadership and competition within everything that we're doing? So, you know, for us, we have four four phases to our program. We call them our faces. Number one is we're trying to create the best person we can create uh, every day when these kids walk in these hallways. And then when they walk out, it's on their responsibility to continue to grow to be the best person they can be. Number two is is what can we do to help them academically to be the best student they can be? Um, and so we do everything. We monitor everything that they're doing in the classroom, uh, but we try to teach them some responsibility and ownership uh, in what they're doing. Um, number three is, is how can we develop them in the third phase, which is our being a better athlete. So from a peak performance standpoint, like what are we doing um, from whether it be movement drills, what are we doing to help them be better athletes in the weight room? Uh, so we can not only help them be more explosive, help them to be faster, help them be more agile, but then how can we keep them healthy? You know, mm. we talk about the wellness of what we do, nutrition. We talk about getting proper sleep. We talk about recovery. Uh, we talk about certain things that you don't need to put into your body, certain things that you do need to get in your body. Um, and then the last phase is how do we help them be a, a better player? Um, and, and so what are we doing to help them from a football perspective? Um, and I think there's a lot of realms that go with that. Um, you know, through this, you know, it's everything from, you know, helping them get their toolbox. We have a toolbox. We always talk about our toolbox. We start, we finish every indie meeting or unit meeting with a toolbox for them that day. And so our acronym is ATM, which is accomplish the mission. So we have a mission every day we're trying to accomplish. So we don't, we don't just sit here and have a variety of a buffet and pick one or two. You know, Monday when we go out, we have an accomplish the mission and as a team and then we haven't accomplished a mission from a unit perspective, whether it be D-line, wide receivers, or whatever. And then the last thing the kids see on the screen is their toolbox. You know, here's our toolbox. If we don't get these things taken care of today, then we're going to have to do them tomorrow again. So we're going to show back up and work on the same thing again. Um, and I just think it's teaching kids ownership. You know, mm. I mean, everybody wants toughness. Everybody wants leadership. And those are the two hardest things to me. All right, because to be honest with you, they're not the most popular things. Yeah, everybody wants to have toughness because they don't want to be known as being soft. But for you to really wake up every day and make a great choice about how you want to live your life, no matter the circumstances amid you or how you feel, 
is something special. That's toughness. Now, leadership is a lonely place. And I always ask people this. I said, when you wake up every day, if you ask the question, how can I help? And number two is, how can I make it more special? Then you have an opportunity to be a leader. If you wake up every day and you say, you know, how can they help me? All right. Mm. And then how can they make it more special for me? So if you're a consumer instead of a contributor, then then you're not lurking on trying to be a better leader. So I talk to our guys daily about certain things like make your list, you know, every little thing like walk up to a, a rising sophomore that you don't know and introduce yourself to them. Tell them have an awesome day today. Hey, do the right things today. That's being a leader. It's you stepping out of your comfort zone, thinking different than everybody else. Because followers think like everybody else because they just follow everybody. Mm. But leaders got to think different. So I wake up every day. I'm looking for a way to be 1% better. I'm looking for a way to give a better version of myself every day. And I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not. But I'm going to try to find a way to get better. So everybody always asks, well, you've been there for 13 years. I mean, how do you keep it fresh? And I always say, I hadn't been here 13 years. I've been here one year 13 times. And so I try to reinvent myself every year. And I think that's important. That's what I ask our players to do, our staff to do. And I think the bottom line is, is your staff has to reiterate and be an extension of your core values and your standards. If they're not, then they don't need to be on your staff. If not, then when they walk in the unit room, they're going to be talking about things that we don't believe in in our program. You know, we don't believe in profanity. We don't cuss. So we don't want that. And so that's got to be handled. Like there's consequences for that. Um, we want to speak positive words into our kids, but we're going to coach you hard. And there's times you might think we're being negative, but we're not being negative. We're just coaching you hard. And I mm-hmm. tell our players, if you want to be coached hard, you'll get to where you want to be. If you want to be coached soft, you're not going to get anywhere. And so for us, those are the core values and the threads in which we try to build our program. And every year, some threads, we t- add new ones. But for the most part, the core threads are in there. We're just trying to get them tighter. I love that. And what really stood out to me of everything you mentioned was football was at the bottom, you know. And I think a lot yeah. of people, you know, you put football at the top because it's wins and losses. But I love how – you know, being a better player was number four. Well, our number one talk about is, is make great bucks. And so, you know, like football is going to come and go. The one thing that you're going to be the rest of your life, no matter what, the one thing you're going to be the rest of your life is a person. That's right. That ain't going to change. All right. Number two is for you to get to where you want to be in life, five years old, or you're 40, or you're 20, is you're going to have to be a good student if you want to have a job like you have to have, but one you choose to have. Now, Mm -hmm. being a great athlete, being a great player is only going to last. So, you know, I'm 49 years old, so I still train every day, and I try to be a better athlete I was. I wasn't a very good athlete to start off with, but now (laughs) I know I'm not very good. So I just train in a way to where I like myself. But the football part to me now is about coaching. It's not about playing anymore. And so is the one variable that's going to be with you the rest of your life is you being a person. So how are you growing that? Variables are going to disappear as you get old. I love that. And clearly you have a lot of passion, you know, personal faith as well. So have you ever had any resistance to um, your faith being who you are in coaching? As you mentioned, coaching is a ministry. Have you ever had any resistance? Your haters. I mean, you always have your haters. You always have people that, you know, they're, but, you know, I'll be honest with you. I've been very fortunate because God's blessed me tremendously and guided me. Um, 
we've been able to do in our program. Um, and I've been very fortunate for that. And, you know, living in the South, I mean, you know, the South is living in the bottom. There's a lot of people that, uh, that still believe in, Hey, you know, God's going to have a lot to do with what we do today. And, uh, and wanting their children to be guided in that direction. Um, but I understand that. And I respect, I respect every belief. I mean, because I could tell our kids all the time, like, you know, everything we do is strictly voluntary. Um, you know, as far as from a faith-based uh, standpoint, um, you know, I have a Bible study that I do at my house on Wednesday nights. It's strictly voluntary, but, you know, we'll have over half of our players come on those nights. Um, Thursday morning, before we start practice on Thursday mornings, I have Fathers of Impact. So I invite our fathers to come, you know, of our players. And so that's strictly voluntary. And and I talk to them about what we talked about on Wednesday nights. So I'm trying to give them something to talk about over the weekend with their son that doesn't have anything to do with Friday night's game or football, but that they can relate to and they can talk about. And so for me, you know, it's, it's growing it. Um, to me, it's – I don't worry about people against it. I don't worry about people that are offended by it. All I can worry about is what I'm doing every day. When I die one day, I'm going to answer for what I've done. I'm not going to answer for other people and how they mm. feel about me. So I don't even worry about the negative. I just try to stay locked in and focused on what we've got to do to get better and what I've got to do as a man to impact young men's lives to help them make good decisions to do the right things. That's powerful. I love heard about your Bible study you have with your team at your house. And I just think that's incredible, you know, to open up your home. It makes your family a part of it. But then, you know, to hear about the fathers on Thursday mornings, that's, that's, that's unbelievable. That's, that's awesome. Well, and the thing about it is, look, we live in a society today to where, I mean, you know, as well as I do that, you know, most of our kids just, the dad's not at home anymore. You know, mm-hmm. he shows up on Friday night or, you know, he's a part of their life part of the time, maybe every other weekend. And so for us, you know, we want to try to grow that relationship and we want that father to be in the picture. We want to help the father be in the picture. We want to help him grow to be stronger in his relationship with his son. So anything we try to do, whether it's a dad's night before the season, we do a cookout, you know, whether we're having a work day, we want the kids and the dads to come. If we're doing community service, we want the kids and the dads to be involved together. So it's a family for us. Forget about me. I love you mentality. So how can we grow the family mentality? Not talk about it, but be it. And that's why we try to get everybody involved with what we do. Oh, yeah, that's that's powerful. I think that is who that's needed, needed more. Um, yeah, for sure. More than more than ever. So, so let me ask you this. So, I mean, with a lot of success, a lot of publicity, how do you balance being confident and humble with all the success? Because I'm sure everybody likes to read their own press clippings, right? And so yeah. how do you protect yourself from pride? Well, I mean, I'm not perfect by no means. I mean, I could get caught up in something just like anybody else can. Right. Um, but I do think I'm one of those guys, my wheels are always turning, win, lose, or draw. As far as, as a football coach, I'm always trying to figure out a way to get better. And if we win that week, I don't really enjoy it, which is terrible, but I don't really enjoy it because I'm thinking about the next week. And I'm thinking about, hey, if we don't take care of business starting today, then we're not going to win next week. And so I I know this may sound terrible, but I hate losing more than I love winning. And so for me, that's what drives me every morning when I put my feet on the floor. And I hate losing to Satan. I hate losing to Satan. 
I want to make sure when I wake up every day, I'm not going to let the devil get after me. When my feet hit the floor, then I'm focused on what can I do for God? What can I do today to glorify him? What can I do today to not get distracted? And what can I do today? Not worried about what I did yesterday or what I'm going to do tomorrow, but live in the moment of where I'm at. And so for me, that's all aspects of my life, but I'm not perfect by no means, but I think you got to be where your feet are. I think you got to have a vision, right? I think you got to understand where you've come from, but I think you got to have that microscopic focus to where you're not looking in the rearview mirror or a telescope, but you're looking in the moment that you're in right now because that's all you're promised. So how do you grow that moment that can affect everybody that you're around? And so for me, um, yeah, it's great to win, you know, but the last last two years we've lost in the semifinals. Um, and so we, we've got to find a way – you know, to get that state championship. Now, we've played in 16 of the last 21 state championships in the state of Alabama. But the last few years, like, we got to find a way to get over that hump. And so it doesn't take you long here. You know that as well as I do, um, that you can win, and then the next week you don't show up and play well, you can lose. And it's a humbling experience. And uh, and I just think it's it's whatever your mindset is. And, you know, if you're seeking to – to, to have a standard of excellence in everything that you do in your life, then I don't think you're ever satisfied with where you are. Um, and I think you're always seeking to get better. I like that. I like what you said about you wake up every day with, you know, wanting to glorify God in all aspects of your life. I think that is the key to remaining humble and, you know, keeping out that temptation of pride. For sure. For sure. So how do you, how do you balance all this? I mean, I know you're, you know, you've coached, coach your kids and, you know, your, your family's a part of this, but how do you balance this with being a husband and a dad with life outside of well, football? That's probably not the easiest thing, um, just to be <laughs> honest with you. Um, but I, I do feel like though that, you know, we're a family program. We talk about it. We try to be it. I mean, like, you know, our schedule during the season, you know, we, we don't do anything on Saturdays, nothing at all. So that's family day you spend with your family. Um, so we're going to get our tanks back full again. You know, we come in and meet and we'll get a little short little practice on Sunday after church. Um, and we'll get some film breakdown. The kids are gone, um, after we get done. And then we practice on Monday mornings before school, um, which allows our coaches, you know, to break down the practice tape a little bit in the afternoon to get home at an early hour. Or if we got a JV game that night, we can all go coach and help develop those younger players. Um, Tuesday's our work day. I mean, Tuesday, we're going to lift and meet in the mornings and we're going to practice in the afternoon. Wednesdays, we're going to practice in the morning um, um, if we have the time that permits. So that way, everybody can get to church. Of course, we have the Bible study at my house Thursday mornings. We practice. So when school's out on Thursday, everybody's gone home. And so, you know, we try to allow our guys plenty of time uh, to be around their children. And if they ever come to me and go, Coach, hey, my wife's sick. I might take the kids to school. Or I got hey, first priority is family, and our mm. our coaches know that. Our players know that. First priority is family. You take care of what you got to take care of, and we'll make sure in the off season. You know, I want to make sure we're spending time with our families. I mean, like, you I mean in Alabama, we get to do like some OTA stuff together, but I don't. You know, you can start it in January, but I don't start it until this past week because I feel like our guys need a month and a half for two months to spend with their family. And we only do it two times. And then, you know, we're out of here by five o'clock or five fifteen. So I think 
that's the biggest thing is you've got to allow your coaches and your players to spend time together and then spend time because, look, at the end of the day, that person, student, athlete, and player, it's all based off of our foundation. Our foundation is relationships. And so it's for us, it's fate, family, and football. And it's all about relationships. Everything you do every day, whether it's a person thing uh, or a place, it's all about relationships. And so how can you grow those relationships and grow the respect that you need there and that trust that you need to where everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing? Um, but then you allow everybody to be able to get to take care of their families. And that's probably the biggest thing for me. So with that being such a priority, we're almost 12 months into this COVID-19 pandemic deal. So how did you navigate, especially last spring um, when everything was more shut down, how did you navigate that with your staff and players to keep that family focus? Well, first of all, I wanted to make sure we were taking care of our immediate families at our homes. Mm. And so I was, that was valuable time that if we all use it to our advantage, that's why I tell people all the time, really churches and Christians, we missed the boat a little bit during the pandemic because that was our opportunity to kind of be the, the bridge the gap. Um, for others. And what I want to make sure is our guys were able to bridge that gap. So if, if we had not been that, you know, that father as strong as we needed to have been, that was that opportunity for us because we were at home every day with our children. If it was to be a stronger husband, then it was for me to be able to be there with my wife daily um, to grow that relationship. So that was the first thing foremost. We didn't start out, hey, we're going to be out of school. Let's start Zoom meeting. I mean, I waited two or three weeks. We want to make sure we had a plan together to where we were time efficient, to where we didn't take everybody's whole day up. And then our guys reached out to their unit players to make sure they still had that relationship. First of all, checking on their families. Second of all, making sure that our players were, you know, had what they needed, uh, weren't stranded, had food, had everything that they needed during the pandemic, and that they were healthy. And then once we knew all that, then I think it was try to get back to some kind of normalcy so we can great, create some relationships. So it was Zoom workouts three days a week. It was unit meetings two days a week. Um, it was staff meeting with our coaches during the week. It was clinicking each other up. In May, we did a virtual spring practice where every unit coach took their unit players and they went through Indy. I mean, it was just like we were on the field and they might be in their backyard. They might be in an alley. It may be wherever they could get some space, and you take them through a full practice. So that way, when we were able to come back June the 6th together, you know, then we, we didn't have to. All we had to do was just reunite together and refocus mm -hmm. where we were at. Um, we didn't have to rekindle anything because that was still there. Um, and our kids are pretty tight now. I mean, it takes more than a pandemic to separate our guys and uh, and separate them from not – you know, talking to each other, being around each other. And so for us, it was about being smart, doing the right things. And then when we got back together, did we build a strong enough bond in our absence from each other to make sure that we could just refocus and then start trying to grow stronger uh, with the group that we had coming back? That's good. I like that. I like how, the, again, the focus was on individual health, individual families, and then slowly bringing football in. That's that's good. Yep. Um, so a lot of our listeners um, are coaches or student athletes. So what would you say to that coach or student athlete that understands the platform they have? Um, they are a believer, but wanting to take the next step and be more bold with it. How would you encourage them to do that? Well, first of all, I think when you wake up every day, you got to grow in your faith. I mean, you're only going to be as strong as 
how you grow your faith every day and the way you let God reveal his purpose and plan for your life and that you're trying to live to glorify him and you're trying to impact other people's um, other people's lives for his kingdom. And so you've got to make sure within yourself that you're right, you know, because that's the other thing. Like you don't want to try to be somebody you're not. You don't want to force anything. Um, so for me, I've always wore my faith on my sleeve. I mean, I've always wore my faith on my sleeve. I've always been outspoken about who I am and what God's done in my life. And so I wasn't going to stop that. But if you're out there today and, you know, that's not a part of who you are, then I think you got to grow in your own spiritual walk. You know, I mean, you got to crawl before you walk and you got to walk before you run and you got to run before you can fly. And but, you know, it's like Martin Luther King says, we got to keep moving forward. You know, we got to keep moving forward. So when you wake up every day, grow your relationship with the Lord. He'll reveal your opportunities. He'll reveal your moments. He'll give you the courage right, to stand for what's right. He'll give you the right words to say, and he'll give you the right moments to present what God's done in your life. Absolutely. I love that. I like that. I mean, just a simple reminder, but a lot of times we want to run and fly before we crawl and walk. Yeah. That's good. No, so this is one of my favorite uh, questions to ask because it just, it's such an encouragement to me personally. And I, and I know everybody that listens too, but I love to ask, you know, some people have a favorite scripture, a life verse, or is there one that, you know, in, while growing your faith daily, God has used to encourage you recently that you'd share with us. Joshua 1, 9, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Don't be dismayed for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. And when I was young, my mom opened her, I would open my mom's Bible up, you know, and she, she had Joshua 1, 9 written in there. Well, my name's Josh. So I thought, of course, when I'm like four, I thought, man, this is perfect for me. Yeah. And then when I read, it, I'm like, you know what? I should never lose faith that God's got a part of my life. And so for me, it was just trying to grow in my faith. Now there are other scriptures that I, I mean, what's crazy is I try to put scripture out. I'm, I'm in a group to where we get these text scriptures that we try to grow off of every day. And I try to put them on Twitter and try to have a have a scripture of the day to try to help everybody grow. But I do think there needs to be something that's in your heart that you, you know, that you confide in, that you believe in. And for me, it's, hey, no matter what I do, no matter where I go, God is always with me. And he's never going to give me too much that I can't handle. As long as I keep my faith in him. And then his direction for my life, and it not just be about my direction, but his direction. But Joshua 1 9 is my favorite verse uh, to use. It's kind of my life verse. I like that. So, the last question two words in our name, all in. I mean, it's clearly all over sports, know what it means. But also, Jesus was very clear if you're going to be a follower of his, you got to be all in. And you don't want lukewarm. Yep. Um, so just from a practical sense, Josh, what does that look like for you on a daily basis? I mean, you talked about when your heat hit, when your feet hit the ground, you want to glorify God. So what does it look like in your daily life? Well, you know, let me just say this too, because the all in is something we talk about here. So we're all bucks, all in 24, seven, 365. And so there is no picking and choosing. And people always talk about all in and people always talk about, all in, and then people talk about buy-in. Well, we don't want guys to buy in because when you buy in and it don't go good, you're going to sell out. Mm. But when you're all in, it doesn't matter about the circumstances because you're going to make a choice for excellence every day. And so for me, it's waking up every day 
you know, it's it's waking up. It's reading my devotional. I've got a Tony Dungy book right now that I'm reading a devotional out of right now that I really enjoy reading. My son, uh, that's a freshman forest, he's reading it too. So we have that same converse when we come in every day. Um, and then he reads his on the way in. And then uh, and then we have prayer together in the truck before we get out to come in to work out. It's about 6.15 in the mornings. And then, you know, I come in in the morning, I sit down with a cup of coffee at my desk for about 10 minutes and I give myself a little bit of time to read through my book have some quiet time, get my thoughts together, then get my thoughts together, how I want to impact our team that day and how God wants to speak through me. And uh, God's blessed me tremendously. He's always been on my heart and he's always spoke to my heart and gave me the right words to speak to our players and our program and our staff. Um, And then, you know, I have class uh, after we have workouts. And so I have two periods of class and I get my workout in and, um, and then, you know, it's, is figuring out what I got to do to become a better coach and make our program better. Um, whether it be from an infrastructure standpoint, uh, whether it be from, Hey, I need to get this done, work on this calendar, or Hey, we need to get this handled or whatever it may be. Um, you know, constant meetings. Um, it's constant trying to find ways to get better every day, whether it be through our booster club, whether it be through our school and our hallways, through our faculty, um, or through our staff and players. But, I've been very fortunate, man. I, I wake up every day. I come to work. I love to get here. I get to come here. I don't have to come here. I get mm. to come here. And I love it. And people ask me all the time, like, you know, like, what about going to coach college? Or, you know, what about going to this job or doing that? I'm like, well, why would I do that when I love what I do every day? And uh, and my family loves what we get to do every day. Now, could that change? Yeah, if God reveals it to me. But God hasn't revealed that to me yet. And so he'll open the door that needs to be open. He'll close the ones that need to be closed. But we got to keep our faith in him. We got to trust in him. And that's what I try to do every day. That's awesome. I love it. There's so many takeaways from that. I, you know, and I know um, we had to reschedule once already. I appreciate your flexibility on that. And I just thank you for taking time to just give us a glimpse of your story. And I, I love your I love your passion and your intensity. It's, 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 it's encouraging to me. And I know those that listened as well. Well, Stuart, the other thing is like what you're doing in these podcasts, like it's not about how many lives it changes, but it's about that one life that it'll change. Mm. It's about that one nugget that somebody can get to be a rich man. And that's the riches we're talking about is the riches in your faith. And then how can I apply it to my everyday life? Because most people, they want to wake up and they want to be somebody else. And they want to use God like a spare tire. So when they need him, they take him out of the trunk. And then when they don't need him anymore, they just throw him back in the trunk or we use it like a Halloween costume where somebody for 18 hours and then for six hours, we're, we're trying to be a Christian and, and God will reveal to you how you need to live your life through him first. Cause God, that's one thing I think people, and I'll, I'll leave you with this, Mike, I want to be a great coach. All right. And I think people always have the the misconception of, well, you need to make sure you take your coaching down so God's above it. No, you can keep your coaching up here. Just make sure God's up above that. I mean, because God wants you to grow. Because here's the deal. Your foundation is only as strong as your faith in God. And your platform, look, there's no better platform to me than high school coaching. And when we have that platform, we got to grow it every day. And we got to protect it, man. We got to protect it. I mean, there's so many things going on out there with athletes, like, you know, people that train them to, you know, people that, you know, you got travel ball, you got seven on sevens, you got all this. And, you know, the football coach, the high school football coach is probably the only 
guys still involved in the recruiting process. And that's why I run the weight room. Like, I run the weight room. I don't, I don't want to be in my office doing something else when our kids are working hard. I want to be in here with them. That's how you create relationships. That's how you create trust. That's how you create a love and a bond that can't ever be broken that lasts forever and lasts through eternity. And that's exactly what we want to do. So I just wanted to tell you that it's a blessing to be on here with you. Um, if there's anything else I could do to help out, you let me know. But the ministry you got going right now, brother, keep it up, man, because it is something strong, and I appreciate it. Amen. That means a lot. I appreciate it. Thank you again to Josh for taking time to to share his story, to encourage us, and just uh, share some passion with us. I think we all need a little more passion for Jesus, passion for others in our lives. So that's the one takeaway that I have is just that we need to approach our relationship with Jesus, our desire to love God, our desire to love others with the same intensity that we attack our jobs. So thank you again to Josh for living that out, for modeling that for us. And I'm sitting here looking at the notes and I'm not even sure where to begin for a recap. So I'm just going to leave with one thought. The foundation of everything we do is about relationships, relationship with Jesus, relationship with others. It doesn't matter where you are, that the foundation of everything we do is all about relationships. I hope this encouraged you as it did me, and I I hope you'll share this with somebody that may need some encouragement. I also would love for you to subscribe to this podcast if you're not already. We have over 160 previous episodes that will encourage you as well. So whatever podcast platform you're listening to right now, just kindly click that subscribe button and you'll have access to over 160 previous episodes and many more exciting ones to come. Thank you again. We love to hear from you. Go to our social media pages. Go to our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, in the search bar. Type in All In Sports Outreach and find out who we are, why we do what we do, and opportunities to pray, to serve, and to give. As always, thank you for your support. Thank you for your encouragement. But most of all, thank you for your prayers.